Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I have a question for you today. Have you ever thought about hiring an interior designer? And whether or not you have thought about it or not, when I mention hiring an interior designer, what immediately comes to your mind? Some of you may be picturing something like this. The scene out of Father the Bride with Steve Martin and Martin Short in it. I don't know if you remember this or not, but Martin Short plays the wedding planner and he swoops in to plan the wedding. He's extremely dramatic. He is judging everything he sees that he doesn't like, and he wants to start over and plan the wedding and do extravagant things. Is this what you think of when you, when you think of hiring an interior designer? Unfortunately, I think this is kind of a stereotype, right? The design diva who waltzes in, looks judgmentally around your room, And as they waltz around your home, pointing out everything that needs to be changed, all you see are dollar signs floating in a path behind them, almost like a cartoon. (laughs) So I think this is so funny. Was that what you were thinking about? Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe you think it sounds fun and exciting, but you feel a bit intimidated, about the whole process because you're just not as familiar with it. You've never done it before. It feels a bit extravagant and you're not sure if it's for you or not. Or maybe you've heard a lot of stories from friends and colleagues who have hired designers and you've, you're worried about issues that they have. The truth is, it's just like every other single field. There are good designers, not so great designers and everything in between. But more importantly, there are good designers for you not so great designers for you, and everything in between. So the key is not just finding a good designer. The key is finding a designer that is the right fit for you. And the reason I'm pointing out this difference between just being a good designer and being a designer that's the right fit is that hiring one is a very personal decision. You're going to be working together on your home, the place where you spend the most important parts of your life, in and it's a truly deeply personal process. So let's just say, you know, before I became a designer myself, uh, I actually did hire an interior designer at one point. So the right designer for me, one that's truly a good fit for me, may not be the best fit for you. Does that mean that that particular designer is bad? Of course not. It just means they are different. So the key to hiring a designer is finding the right fit for you. And you need to be the right fit for the designer. It sounds a little bit like dating, doesn't it? And it, I mean, it actually kind of is. Venus Williams said, interior design is a business of trust. And it truly is. Trust in the designer-client relationship is extremely important. If you can't or don't trust your designer, there will be issues. So this is what I want to talk about in this episode and next week's episode. Today, I want to talk to you about what to look for specifically when hiring an interior designer. And next week, I'm going to tell you what designers look for when they are deciding whether or not to work with you. 
All right. So it's like a two-way street because we have to be a good fit for each other. This is a partnership. So just like we've been talking in the past few episodes about how to vet contractors, we need to do the same thing with designers. It needs to be a good fit. You're working on something together that's immensely personal, your home. This is your most private, intimate space where you're the most you, where you have your most private moments. And you're inviting someone that you likely don't know well personally into that space into your home, and into that process. So knowing that, how do you find one? I'm going to give you five things to pay attention to and look for when you are interviewing designers. Number one is you need to be aware of, are they an interior designer or an interior decorator? So the two are not the same. One is not necessarily better than the other. They are different. And so it depends on the nature of your project and the experience and expertise of the designer or decorator that you're interviewing that will determine, you know, what's a, what's a good fit for you. So if you haven't listened to, I think it's episode 25 where I talk about the difference extensively about the difference between a designer and a decorator. So I'm not going to go into full detail and kind of rehash all that. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. But just very briefly, here's the difference. An interior designer is someone who has a degree, either a BS or a BA in interior design from an accredited program at a university. A decorator is someone who does not have that formal education and is more self-taught, okay? So when it comes to residential interior design, designing homes, there's not a just a huge gap. It depends on, you know, how much time that decorator has put into learning all they need to know and practicing their skills. Some are not going to be as great. Some are going to be, you know, a, a lot of, honestly, a lot of the famous big name designers that you see on television or on Instagram that have coffee table books, a lot of them do not have formal training in design. They've actually been self-taught. You need to know the skill set of the person you're interviewing. So I would explore that. Ask them what their education is. Do you have a degree? Do you not? Um, And if not, are you accustomed to working with remodels and space planning and larger projects? So just briefly, here's the difference. An interior designer is someone who has the degree. It's really um, more of an interior architecture degree. And I think a lot of programs are changing that name from interior design to interior architecture. But their expertise is in really holistically addressing all the issues. They research and analyze their clients' needs, plan the interior layouts, make all the selections to make them physically, socially, and aesthetically functional. All right. They know all about building codes and regulatory requirements and are used to solving more complex um, design problems. Interior decorators, there's no formal training requirement, and they're focused in general, okay? This is just in general. This doesn't apply to every single decorator. But their focus seems to be more on aesthetics, so picking out the colors and the furnishings and the rugs. Now, interior designers do both of these, and there are decorators who have extensive experience just because they put in the time to learn and develop their skills on bigger projects like kitchen remodels, bath, you know, whole house renovations and things like that. Just know who you're working with. Ask them their skill set. Ask them about their experience, particularly if you're 
uh, embarking on a big renovation project. What you want to avoid happening, and this is the whole point of this number one, knowing the difference, what you want to avoid is getting into a situation where you've hired a decorator for a large detailed renovation project who doesn't have the experience or expertise to complete that project. That's what you want to avoid. Okay, tip number two, really look and study their work and ask yourself, does this resonate with me? Do I like it? You can find their work on their website, social media platforms, and their work needs to resonate with you to some degree or to a large degree, I would say. It doesn't have to be identical to your, to your taste and style, but it needs to really resonate with you in a pretty big way if you're going to hire them. Most designers do have a signature style, so they have the ability to design in lots of different styles, but what you'll see is common threads throughout their work, and when you look at their portfolio or look at the work that they put on social media, you should be able to see what that signature style is. For example, let's just take Joanna Gaines. What do you think of when I say Joanna Gaines? Immediately... Probably in all of our minds, we think modern farmhouse, shiplap, clean, neutrals, right? So that's her signature style. What do you think of when I say Shea McGee? Neutrals, simple, very clean, earthy, right? That's her signature style. So the signature style of the designer that you are thinking about hiring needs to resonate with you. Now, it doesn't mean that it has to be an exact match. And it also doesn't mean that you have to like all the same things that your designer likes. But understand that their signature style is going to be reflected to some degree in the work that they do for you because it's inherent in their creative process. Tip number three is to ask for references. And if you can, talk to some of their past clients. We talked about really vetting contractors a couple episodes ago about asking for references and interviewing their past clients. You need to do the same with your designer. And what you want to focus on here are things like professionalism, punctuality, communication skills, and I would get really detailed. I mean, really explore this. Some common complaints that I hear, a lot of it goes back to this kind of interior designer stereotype that we have where the designer's late and they they waltz in and they're kind of flighty and forgetful and you don't feel like they're listening to you and they're just telling you all of their ideas. This is not who you want to hire, right? So you want to make sure by talking to their previous clients, you want to make sure that that that's not what they're like, right? And I think that the reason this stereotype exists is because there probably is some truth to it. And the fact that most designers are creatives. We are dreamers. We're more right-brained. Think of the messy artist, right? And I know this is like a big generalization, but I do think there's some truth to it. But the thing is, to run a successful design business where your clients have clear communication, a clear timeline, and follow-through You have to have those strong executive order skills, those strong analytical organizational skills. And the only way to know if your potential designer uh, has that is to talk to their previous clients. Now, if you hear something bad about, like, say you have a certain designer in mind and you hear something bad from someone, don't automatically discount that person. 
you have to remember that's one out of a lot of clients that person has had. And number one, it's impossible to please everyone. And number two, it may have just been that that client and designer just weren't a good fit for each other. Now, if you're hearing multiple negative things from multiple people, you know, that's a different story. (laughs) That would definitely give me pause. There's another thing you need to make sure and ask their previous clients. What you want to find out is what happened, how was it handled when mistakes were made? Because if we are doing large design projects, especially bathroom and kitchen remodels and things like that, there are always things that go wrong and there are, you know, we're human, we make mistakes. So what you want to know is when mistakes were made, how was it handled? Did that designer take responsibility if in fact it was their responsibility? Did they own it? And how did they make it right? Big remodeling projects are so detailed and there is a lot of room for error. So I don't think you'll ever talk to a contractor or a designer anywhere that will claim to have ever had a perfect project. The important part is that if you have trust with that designer, then you know the mistake is on their end that they will take ownership of it and make it right. Tip number four is really explore how they communicate. All right, so pay attention to their communication with you when you're going through the interview process. And then this is also something that you can ask their past clients about. How well do they explain their services to you and answer your questions? Is it, is it clear or is it kind of muddled and vague and you're not really sure what's going on? Are they really open and responsive when you call or ask questions? And then... Perhaps most importantly, do they listen? Do they listen to you when you're interviewing them? Did they listen to their past clients? This is another complaint that I hear from a lot of people is I don't feel like my designer's listening to me. And here I will insert that there's a difference between a designer not listening. Okay, so that's unacceptable. (laughs) They're not respecting your opinion. They're not listening. They're just going to do what they want to do. You do want to definitely avoid a designer like that. But there's a difference between that, and you might have to clarify with the previous clients that you're interviewing. There's a difference between that and a designer saying, I hear you. You know, I try to repeat back and mirror what my clients say to me so they know I'm hearing you. I understand. And sometimes, because they've hired me to create the vision for their house, for their space, I'll say, I hear you. I understand that. But, and I might push on them a little bit to get out of their comfort zone, but I am listening and they know I'm listening. That doesn't mean I might disagree or they disagree with me. Um, And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to push them to maybe explore an option that they haven't already thought of. And then I would ask their clients, you know, do they come back if there's a misunderstanding or a miscommunication, how do they handle that? Uh, especially if it's on their end. Do they come back and clarify and communicate, get everybody back on track again, or do they ignore it and pretend like it's not a big deal? You definitely want to know that. Okay, so the last tip I have for you is to pay attention to how transparent they are. Okay, transparency for me and my design business is big. Have they asked you your budget and are they confident talking about money? So transparency when it comes to talking about money is absolutely paramount. For some reason, none of us like to talk about money. I will say none of us. You may, but I would 
say that most people that I meet do get uncomfortable talking about money, but it has to be a subject. It's just money. We have to talk about it, right? So they have to be very comfortable with that topic. You can't have a good designer-client relationship if you're hesitant or scared to talk about money. And one of the first questions I ask my clients is, what's the budget? And if they tell me I don't know, which is totally fine, I get it, then I help them develop a budget. And we make sure that we're on that same page about that budget before moving on. The other place where you need to look for transparency is how well and clear do they explain their pricing. You just need to make sure that you have a clear understanding of their services and what they cost and what that includes. Some designers charge an hourly fee. Some charge a flat fee. There's no right or wrong way. People choose what is best for their business. I personally only charge flat fees because it takes all of the stress and tension on the designer's part and the client's part as to like, are they using their time wisely? I didn't think it took this long to get that done, you know, and kind of nickel, you have this kind of nickel and diming mentality, I think, both both on the designer and the client's end uh, when it comes to hourly rates. So I don't use them. It takes all of that out of the question. You know what you're going to pay me up front. It's a flat fee and it doesn't matter how long it takes me. I'm going to do my absolute best on that job, and you know ahead of time there's not going to be any extra fees. You also need to know about, you know, do they sell merchandise? Most interior designers sell products. I don't, that's not a part of my services, but most designers do. So you need to know, is there an agreement where I have to agree to buy a certain amount of product? You just want to make sure that you understand all these details. So if they're selling you merchandise, Is there a markup? And if so, how much is the markup? Now, it's so funny here, and this just baffles me and is so interesting, that I see a lot of judgment around designers marking up their products, all right? But the thing is, is designers who do this, and like I say, I I feel like I can speak very freely about this because I don't sell products. So this is not even a part of my business. But I will say that when designers buy things at a wholesale price and they mark it up to retail price and they sell it to you so that they're making some profit off of that product, I, I hear a lot of people think, well, they shouldn't, they should not mark that up. That's just wrong. Or I don't want to, you know, purchase from them. But we do that every single day when we go to Target or Walmart or Starbucks. That's all marked up. Those stores are making a profit. And so when designers sell something to you at a retail price, but they're making a percentage of that profit, That's just another part of their revenue. That's just another revenue stream for them. They're in business to make money, regardless if you agree or disagree with that. If that's a part of their business, then you should know about it. So those are the five things that I definitely would explore when you're interviewing a potential interior designer. Finding out if they're a designer or a decorator and depending on your project, deciding which would be best for you. Number two, really evaluating their work and asking yourself, does this really resonate with me? Number three, asking for references and talking to past clients. 
Number four, really uh, exploring their communication style by evaluating how they communicate with you and by talking to their past clients. And then number five, really asking yourself, how transparent is this process? How transparent are they being with me? So that covers what you need to look for when hiring an interior designer. And in our next episode, we are going to flip the script. We are going to talk about what interior designers look for when they're deciding if a potential client is a good fit for them. Because you may not be aware of this, but they're vetting you just as much as you're vetting them. And the reason that is, and that's that's the difference, I think, between a lot um, between designers and a lot of other people who are, you know, provide services of some sort, is the reason that is that is is because the desire client client relationship truly is so unique and so personal, even much more than you would just think think of on the surface. That's all I have for you this week, friends. I hope you've learned a lot. Uh, I do provide interior design services to women physicians. So if you are in the market and you want to uh, tell me about your project, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at Krisha, that's K-R-I-C-I-A at Krisha.com. Shoot me an email and uh, we can meet and talk about your project. Have a great rest of your week. Happy decorating and I'll see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.